Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy romance and romantic fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Ah, okay, that's good. I mean, I know it's good every day, but it's good. Today is Thursday, September 2nd. Welcome to September. Um, I won't start singing. I might. The kind of September when grass was green and grain was yellow. But it is that kind of September. It's a beautiful morning here. Uh, I know I say that a lot too, but it's a gorgeous morning here. It is um, rain soaked with this long drenching rain last night. Um, I have a wet bottom right now because the cushions are soaked here in the arbor and it's still totally worth it. Uh, you can see if you're on video that though everything is damp, the sun is starting to come through and it's lighting up the leaves on the crab apple behind me, golds and greens. And because there was a lot of cool air with this storm last night and a lot of moisture, there's fog in the valley. And I try to get pictures of it and I think it just doesn't translate in photos well because you guys never say anything about the photos I posted the fog. Um, so either I'm the only one who thinks it's super cool or it just doesn't translate well, but it's just amazing because where we are, we're a little bit up high. And so we can look down into the valley where, uh, the city of Santa Fe is itself and farther down to, uh, La Cienga and, um, where the, you know, and well, Madrid's up in the mountains, but the, the other towns that are down low, like Santo Domingo, uh, tribal lands and so forth. And the fog sinks down into valleys. And this morning there's this billowing white fog all around, even over towards the Yemas where Los Alamos is and the mountains are sticking up black and it looks like islands in a sea. And it's, um, eerily fantastically beautiful. And it reminded me as I was enjoying that landscape and looking at uh, the landscapes that I had acquired. I don't know if I mentioned that, that that had been a recent quest of mine that I wanted to have um, little paintings. Most I, I want artistic renderings of places that I've been and I totally forgot about it on Coronado Island. I didn't think to look for some kind of landscape miniature there. And now I am annoyed with myself. I would like to have one of the ocean off of San Diego too. Alas, um, not important in the grand scheme, but it's like, Oh, totally forgot about that particular, um, incredibly important mission. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's just lovely here. Uh, it's been a beautiful morning and it's only seven 30. So, I did better getting up. I'm going to go to writer coffee today. So I want to get a little bit of work on the book before I go. Um, the revision is going well. I am up to, let's just see here. Page 138 of my 265 so far. So that's pretty good. Pretty good rate for the last three days. Um, still have 23,000 words to write, but the revision has been reassuring 
because this, as, as it almost always is, I want to say always, but I'm leaving some room in case I'm wrong because it has happened. Uh, but revisions, you know, I go back to it and the story's just inevitably in much better shape than I imagined it was. Um, it kind of goes back to this thing and I wrote a blog about it on Sunday and maybe I'll link to that, but you know, where we talk about if the writer is bored, the reader will be bored, which I think is totally wrong because you can't conflate the creative experience with the experience of receiving the art. They're just two totally different processes. And I think that this is probably true for any creative process. It would be interesting to interview a lot of different creatives and ask. I know that my mom's neighbor, Sasha says she listens to the podcast sometimes and she's a visual artist. She makes jewelry and does other kinds of art. So I'd be interested to know is, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of painstaking, annoying work with the creative process. And I've been seeing the others in the SFF seven interpreting this topic this week. And people are thinking of boredom in different ways. Um, like if you're not interested in the story itself, I'm talking more about that feeling of, of the slog of the painstaking work. And I can imagine that was something like jewelry making, it would be much or painting or composing music or any of these things that there's these moments of, you know, like you're overall inspired by this thing, but then there are the parts where you're just frustrated with trying to make it work, where you're niggling with it and piddling with it and trying to figure out how to make the thing come together. And with jewelry making, you probably like hurt your fingers and stuff, <laughs> poke them with wires. I would, maybe that's just me. That could be why I don't, uh, make jewelry. I'd like to, it'd be fun. Mostly I repair jewelry. That's my, my big thing. So, um, I probably had a point to all of that. Oh, well, just thinking in terms of creating and the work and the, the perspective of writing a book as opposed to reading it. So when I go back and revise, the story moves much, much faster than I remember it being in my mind. Uh, and so I think the story's fine. I, I was worrying for nothing as, as is always the case when I hit the existential crisis on a book. But I believe that is also part of the process. So I should have this revision done in the next couple of days. And then next week will be, um, the big downhill run to cut a hay bay. Am I the only person who thinks that <clears throat> every time I say downhill run and when you see the Southern cross for the first time, um, I did see the Southern cross. Um, once, but it was for the first time and it, it was, it was so cool to see. I saw it from the Caribbean, from Virgin Gorda. And that was, uh, so I didn't even have to go all the way to the Southern hemisphere to see it, but it was, um, yeah, that was super cool to see too. So, um, 
so yes, I've had to do some revising and layering, uh, which I had expected to do on this revision, but it hasn't been nearly so bad as I was fearing. Nothing ever is, is it? So, so the news is good. Um, should meet my deadline just barely. Um, good thing my proofreader is willing to like expedite. She's I'm like the she's in Hawaii. I use um Crystal at Pico's house, and she's in Hawaii, so we take advantage of the time zone difference that I can send something to her and at the night before and she will um or like at the end of my day and she will pick it up that evening because she's a little bit nocturnal too. So hopefully it won't take me all day to do that. Uh, a little bit of stiffness there. I've started jump roping again. Uh, I hadn't been jump roping all summer summer because I was I don't know if I mentioned it to you guys instead of doing like my I alternate workout days. So I run one day and then I do weights jump roping on the other day and I had stopped doing the weights and jump roping over the summer with this grand plan that I would focus that energy on some landscaping stuff that needed to be done like shoveling rocks and stuff. But ultimately that didn't do the same thing for me and boy you guys jump roping jumping jumping is something that you lose as your body ages and so I started taking up again and it's like really difficult to convince my body to jump. It's so funny. It's like I'm like being okay here I'm gonna jump and my feet just like stay lodged to the ground. And so I have to keep doing all these light as a feather light as a feather and finally I can sort of like convince myself to jump. So working myself over a little bit here. So one thing I thought I'd been meaning to talk about for a while on my last of my little spate of notes. I was interested in all of the things you guys said about openings and thank you for the nice thoughts on mine. I was interested that um, overwhelmingly people said they liked the openings for the mark of the Tala and dark wizard the best um, which are indeed two of my most popular books at least as you know I calculate by dollars earned per day and numbers sold. Um, I, I do the dollars per day at to compensate for how long a book has been out because obviously dark wizard came out this year and mark of the Tala came out in 2014. So you know I have to compensate for that but it's interesting to know and I and that was very informative because there are different things about those beginnings that I could I can uh, adapt. In fact that gives me an idea maybe I should change I, I did change a little bit on the opening of dragon's daughter yesterday and I might change a little bit more. It seems to me that um, I did a little bit of that same thing with the pages of the mind opening which has also been a popular book and award winner um, for what it's worth. The award winner is interesting because it hits a certain kind of metric. So anyway um, what I want to talk about I had said that I would talk about a while back is how to spot a vanity or scam press. And 
this partly came up because uh, my darling friend Grace Draven posted uh, <laughs> this rant from from some dude on Twitter uh, slamming self publishing writers you know and saying and and even like his <laughs> something just fell over there like out of the blue. I don't know if there's a critter over there or what. Maybe it's the ghost of the dude on Twitter. Anyway like even his Twitter profile says like only traditionally published traditionally published all the way and he was like posted some sort of rant. I can't even remember it clearly now but you know that was um oh how self publishing authors are ruining the industry and it was stupid and I I won't link to it you could go to Grace's Facebook page if you want to read it but it's just I mean there's a lot of stupidness there and probably a lot of trolling he's attempting to elicit a reaction but out of curiosity I went and looked up his books and he is published with two presses that are actually not actual traditional publishing houses they are vanity press scam press outfits um so I don't know if he's like maybe massively into compensation at this point um we're not saying what might what else might be tiny and not worth discussing but uh it's it's doubly or triply ironic for him to be uh making a big deal about that he's professionally traditionally published not even professionally although I think he'd love to say it that way that he's traditionally published um, and that that's the only way to go when he's not only not traditionally published but his traditional publisher is a scam outfit and it's very easy for me to spot at this point and I and some people have said well how do you know when you look at it. So one of the things that you look for is if you go to a publishing house's website um, <laughs> and they promise up front if they say often on the homepage they'll say we promise we are a legitimate publisher okay red flag number one a legitimate publisher doesn't have to tell you right up front that they are a legitimate publisher I mean that should just um, that should go without saying so but so if somebody starts out it's like those emails you get where they say um, you know I promise this is not a scam email <laughs> uh, or the junk mail you get you know like the ones that are supposed to look like bills you know and they're like financing offers or something and they say on the front important information um, this offer can expire it, it's all of this language that's meant to reassure you that they're actually actually legitimate because they know that you're going to suspect that they're not. Right, so they're trying to head that off at the pass. Uh, that's a, that's red flag number one. Um, red flag number two is they will, under services, they will explain all of the services they offer. This is another thing where a traditional publishing house, and you could do this. You could compare. You could go to Macmillan. To even to the individual imprints like St. Martin's or you could go to Kensington you could go to one like Karina Press. Um, first off they're not going to promise that they're a legitimate publisher because they are 
And second, they're not going to tell you what their services are because (laughs) their services are obvious. They are a publishing house. If they like your book, if they think your book is marketable, they will buy the rights to your book and in one of several ways, but they would buy the rights to your book and they will publish it. That's the service they offer. Um, they might tell you more about a legitimate publishing house might tell you like their marketing strategy or their mission statement or their personal philosophy. They'll tell you what kinds of books they publish a scam website very often will not mention what kinds of books or if they do, it'll be in really general terms. They'll say things like, um, we publish the most, you know, exciting fiction out there. Uh, you know, something stupid like that. Whereas a legitimate publishing house and imprint will tell you exactly which genres they publish and they won't have these things with offers and packages. If there's a package right away, that means you're being sold something. A vanity press is, and that's kind of an older term, but it predates today's version of self publishing. And, and yeah, it did have a bad reputation because basically, and that was why they called it vanity press because basically someone who could not get a traditional publishing deal would have, would pay to have their book published anyway. And it was considered to be a vanity project. That's not fair. Um, certainly some people did it that way. And, uh, those of us who have been around for a while, remember that, you know, the friend or family member who paid to have their books published and then like gave copies to everyone for Christmas or, you know, like tried to sell them out of the trunk of their car. Some people did it for the same reason that self publishers do it today, because whatever they were writing was like slightly off brand of what the publishing houses did. It wasn't a vanity project. It was determination to get their book out there. Thankfully we have much better ways to do it now, but you know, that was where vanity press got the name was because it was like for people who had the money just to make sure that they got their book published. It wasn't, it wasn't a business investment so much as an ego strip. The scam presses, play to the ego stroke and you can see it on there. And then you have guys like this dude who (laughs) thinks that he can say that he's traditionally published because he basically paid someone to publish his book. That's not how it works. That's the trade-off with traditional publishing versus self-publishing is that traditional publishing does all of the financial investment for you. You do not pay them ever, ever, ever. You do not pay them to publish your book. Uh, they take a piece of what your book earns. They might give you money up front or they might not. You might get an advance. You might not. They will take a percentage of royalties or not. There's kind of one that they're sliding under the wire with or trying to, and like they've been trying to convince Sephora to approve them. Uh, which we haven't because they, this is kind of a new trick where they, um, say that they'll pay royalties to the author, but only after the book has recouped all of the money that they put into it. That's not how it works. People, 
that's their business investment. They put the money into it. You should be receiving a, a royalty on your book from, from the beginning. Um, if you got an advance, if you got money up front, then the royalties your book earns goes to paying off that advance. It's basically a loan in a way. And only when you've paid out that advance, do they start giving you money again, but no, 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 they don't make you pay for their financial investment. That's the big difference. Um, and, and for the trade-off with traditional publisher, because they do all of the financial investing for you, uh, you don't have control of a lot of it. They choose the cover, they do the marketing, um, you know, you get to weigh in on those things more or less, depending on the house, depending on your editor and your publishing team. But you know, it, it becomes their product to sell in self-publishing. You can control all those things, but the financial investing is entirely up to you. A scam website or vanity press will make it look like they'll, they'll like say all these things like that. You have control of everything, but you have to give them money just there's no reason to do it don't do it it it's not fooling anyone twitter dude and it's it's just a bad rap all around because they don't actually care about publishing your book they just care about getting your money and on that note i will remind you that first cup of coffee is part of the frolic media podcast network and you will find more podcasts that you love at frolic.media podcasts and i will talk to you all tomorrow take care bye bye